For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This clip is brought to you by State Farm. At State Farm, they know it's important to insure the things you love. They also get that everyone has a budget. That's why they have options, like insuring your car and your home, getting you great rates on both. It's a good idea to consider State Farm. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 234 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcasts and Spotify listeners. Rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. And I'm joined again by Mike B. What up, Mike? What up, D. Corsi? What up, Tiger fans? It's been a minute, man. It's, it's been a like minute. It's been a while. Been? Been Where on, you man. been? <laughs> uh, I, I've been here. I've been working. I've been following and listening, listening, following along, and enjoying every day of it, man. No Watch this podcast grow. Absolutely, man. It's all because of Jackson State, man. There's so much going on with Jackson State. The podcast can't help but to be a hit because all we do is just come on here and talk about what's going on. It's Pretty always much. breaking news, so that makes our job easy. And you know, now this time of year, with it being April. It's draft season. It's draft season. That time of year. And usually in April, all we're talking about is the anticipation of the NFL draft. But this April, we just had Amisha Williams be drafted into the WNBA. Of course, we did a show on that. Mike, you weren't on the show, but I just want to get your thoughts real quick, man. That was history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, – that's, that's so remarkable. My hat goes off to, to Coach Reed and Amisha and uh, the work she's put in, you know. Um when, when when she came in, we already knew she was WNBA material. Uh, but Coach Reed says she has to, you know, just maintain that work ethic and that drive, and she did. And you saw her development from when she came in to now, and it's paid off for her. And I'm, I'm couldn't be more proud. No doubt, exciting watching her get up there to Indiana and start off training camp. So we're looking forward to watching her just grow, continue to grow as a basketball player, now as a professional basketball player. So shout out to Amisha Williams and, of course, Coach Reed. But, again, April, uh, late April, we it's NFL draft time. And in the past few years at Jackson State, we haven't really had much to look for in terms of our own players getting drafted. There's always, you know, there's usually a guy or two who's kind of on the fence, on the border. He may get his name called and, you know, most more likely a free agent call. But this year 
with Coach Prime coming in and really just bringing in just a new level of talent. We're looking forward to hopefully seeing not one, not two, not to sound like LeBron James, not three, <laughs> but hopefully. Yeah. I'll stop at three, but but yeah. hopefully several players actually get drafted and definitely get into some camps and make some rosters. But with this time of season, we wanted to bring in a Jack State legend, a person who's very familiar with this process, been there, done that. Not only has he been through the process, and not only did he get drafted, but he went high in the draft. First round NFL draft pick. You already know who I'm talking about, none other than the legend, bringing him back. The cat, Sylvester Morris. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that great introduction. It's always great to be back in Tiger Land. No doubt. And this time of year, we always think of you, man. Lasting memories of, of you going in the first round. That's just something that I always tell people, you know, who aren't familiar with Jackson State. We're talking sports. I say, well, we had two players get drafted. Two of the first round. Two of them. Not one, but two. First round. Yeah. And four drafted overall that year. Like you uh-huh. was just saying, not one, not two, not three. Yeah, uh-huh. we got four that year. And then some free agent uh, signings as well who got into some yeah. camps. Yep, seven overall made camps uh-huh. that year. Man, the good old yep. days. And and I think we're getting back to that time, the good old days. I think we have some of those days ahead of us. Before I get into that, I do want to get your take as well on Amisha Williams. So just talk about how special was it for you to see her get drafted into the WNBA. Man, I thought that was amazing for Amisha, for her to be the first ever from the school. That's a trailblazer. That's, you know, she's doing something that's never been done. She's giving young ladies a chance to see that you can come here and make it here too. Like that's, that's big. Jackson state hot right now. Mo Williams, mm-hmm. coach Reed, coach prime. Like I, I think Jackson state got HBCUs on lock. We coming for y'all. <laughs> I say I have to agree here. <laughs> Absolutely. We coming. So, you know, again, uh, Amisha just went through that process and we got a chance to see a lot of that, you know, through social media live as she was getting drafted and her talking to the coaching staff immediately after she got drafted. Didn't have social media back in the days of the cat. So I would have loved to kind of see how that process was. Oh, for you. <laughs> I don't know about that. And we might have to, I'm, I'm glad we have social media. Right? <laughs> I was a little more rambunctious for uh, <laughs> my Absolutely. I can't imagine. I can't imagine, man. Oh, man. Back in those days. But but I definitely want you to at least talk us through the process, take us through the process, the part that you can share. Oh, yeah. Well, you <laughs> know, up to the draft, starting when the season ends in, you know, November, December. But how quickly do you, for you, how quickly did you and do you think players who are, you know, going through that process, do they shift their focus from the college season to the draft? What's their turnaround like? Immediate. I mean, once your once your last game is over, you may take a week or two off just to process to try to pick an agent, go through the the agency. You meet with your top picks of the guys you 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 thinking about, but picking the agent first and then trying to get into a, a workout program, getting into a, a private coach and things of that nature. And the beauty of, I think my draft class is one of the first classes to start going to like the IMGs and having personal coaches. I had Lionel Taylor, who was the first receiver ever to catch a hundred balls in the NFL. He coached Pittsburgh through the steel curtain dynasty. He was their wideout coach. So he came down and worked with me personally all before the senior bowl, which was outstanding. Oh, cool. So, was, would you say that change was almost immediately with with the daily regime and working out and so forth, and uh, getting with your um, your personal coaches and, and training? Did, was that, did that happen almost immediately, or was there 
uh, a downtime in between it where you just kind of pause to kind of take it take it all in as far as you know your college career coming to an end or did you go right into it oh i took a break i took a break i took three three weeks off i told you i was a, i had a little fun man so uh, <laughs> being from new orleans uh i went back home enjoyed myself a little bit but oh, yeah. after that for the new year i got right to it so because there were senior bowls be coming up, you have to start getting prepared for your senior bowls, your workouts, the combine. Everything was a little earlier back then. So the process started a little quicker. Mm-hmm. So you talked about your class being one of the first classes to go to like IMG. So where were you for the most part during that second semester of your senior season at Jackson State, like after the season? Were you in Jackson, New Orleans? Were you, you know, in Florida? Or were you were bouncing around? I was- I was in Bradenton, Florida. I okay. ended up signing with IMG. The facility they have now in Bradenton that became IMG Academy and the high school and all that, we were the first class to uh, go down there mm-hmm. and start all that. I was down there with Freddie Adu mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. J's daughter, uh, Stevenson, the tennis player. Mm-hmm. We were down there with a lot, of, a lot of young kids who were trying to get their career started. And whose choice or whose idea was that? Was that the agency that sent you there or recommended, or, or how do you, you well, know, end up in from down there from Jackson or New Orleans? Yeah, that was they. That was their first year starting. Uh, they had their own workout facility, so it was their idea to fly us down to Bradenton, where we had nutritionists, we had uh, massage therapists, private strength coach. You had. Uh, personal workout coach you work out with it was like it was a 10 hour day every day almost just getting prepared you wake up in the morning conditioning running was there something that your agent set up for you how, how did you uh, get aligned with, with img uh img was my agent i ended up signing with oh, okay gotcha. uh, time it was tom condon and king kramer uh back in that day so yeah i was with img the agency okay so how were those workouts for draft preparation different from what you were doing in college? I, I would imagine that was a big adjustment or a big change. Yeah, it was uh, a lot more um, specific to me. It wasn't more about, a, it was more about me now. Like, no, you are doing this, you are doing that. Instead of, you know, when when you're in college, you, your coach has to coach the whole room. You, you don't get a lot of individual time unless you're doing your individual route. This is individual times, times 100. It's all you, all day, every route, every play is you, every detail. So it becomes a lot more fine-tuning than just only watching yourself and what you do and your technique, which is very helpful. How important is it, would you say, because I know you said you signed with IMG and, and you know, they kind of got everything aligned for you to, to get to where you were NFL ready. Um, how important is it for uh, prospects coming out to have a, a comp- competent, a well-connected, well-respected agent? That's, Can that make a break a player? Definitely, especially uh, coming from 1AA, such as uh, myself, um, IMG was one of the top agencies in the game at that time. They had Peyton Manning already. They already had uh, Marvin Harrison. They had a bunch of elite players. So when they came in, it was it was already like it helped further establish me as a, you know, I was legitimate. 
And what goes on in that agent hiring process? I mean, do the players, and I guess it's different, but I, so if you can only speak on yourself maybe, or if you know just general in general how it works, do players usually seek out agents? Do the agents seek out players? Like, are you interviewing different agents? Are they interviewing you? <laughs> like, how does that work? Well, as you said, um, I was pretty, I was pretty highly touted. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to call agents. Agents sent guys at me. I had to field out calls to see which agents I was even talking to. I didn't even, I was getting so many calls that I had my, my roommate, Ed Reese. Ed Reese? Yeah, I had old Ed Reese. I used to be like, Reese, you know, if it ain't these two, no, I ain't here, man. Wow. I ain't here. Don't even, don't even <laughs> give me the phone. Mm-hmm. I, would, I didn't even answer the phone hard in my senior year. It was, yeah, it's, it, get, it could get crazy. If you don't know how to handle it, it can get interesting, especially if you, you know, People are, uh, are you're highly sought after, and I was coming from a small school, so they was, you know, it was hard for them to get to me. So once they found out how to get to me, ooh-wee, uh-huh. it was rough yeah. then. So, so how do you know what you're looking for? Like, are they offering different things? Like, is it the same pitch? Is it more of just getting a, a gut feeling? Uh, well, most agents, all of them take uh, uh, any good reputable agent going to take 3%. So it's not a big deal about the money, how much you're going to pay them. You're going to pay 3%. But you want to see what that agent offers, what they can offer you. Like how many players do they have in the league? That lets you know how many connections they have with GMs. Like if they got players on a lot of different teams, that means they have to have a relationship with every GM. They're going right. to talk to them. And it depends on who they players are. Like at that time, he was representing the Peyton Manning. He uh, he ended up representing Tony Gonzalez. He ended up representing a lot of guys. So um, when you have that many guys, then a team is going to want to talk to you because they know that you already have a, a star on my team. So I can't mess over you and still want to negotiate you with one of you know your bet my better players. So it it the relationships, man, it's big. Like it's that's 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 why I think it having a, a good agent helps tremendously. Mm-hmm. Wow. So when you're talking to those teams, who is it that usually represents the team and communicates with the prospects prior to the draft? Is that usually a coach, a scout, a team ownership? How does that work? Um, so pretty much after the draft, yeah, it's more scouts and it was interesting with me after the senior bowl, I, I, I worked out for Jacksonville and I didn't even I didn't even have too many more workouts. I think after the senior bowl, everybody knew what it was and I was so open at the senior bowl and took all interviews. I ain't have many more questions about me. So <laughs> I didn't really I didn't really have to go to a lot of interviews. I didn't do no visits. I didn't visit the team. Nobody flew me in or none of that kind of stuff. I didn't, I didn't, that wasn't my experience. Okay. So, so someone whose stock isn't as high, they probably have to do those additional things. In other words, right. Uh, it, it's a possibility. And here's the weird thing. And I always thought something was going on because, you know, I'm going through this with Rashad and Rashad mm-hmm. going visit teams and they calling okay. him in and I'm like, man, what's going on? With me? <laughs> what, did, what did I do? <laughs> they calling him and they calling me. I'm, I was getting nervous, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I do hear a lot of players say that, you know, when they get drafted by a team, they say, you know, it, it was odd because I never heard from them all throughout the process. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, they're the ones that, that's calling me and, 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 and uh, selecting me. So I guess that, that doesn't sound too unfamiliar, but it's got to be odd nonetheless. Um, definitely odd. Yeah. So what, what, when, when you do interview for teams, when you, when you met with Jacksonville, uh, what kind of questions do they normally ask? You know, what, what kind of conversations do prospects have with those teams? Oh, well, that, those, those conversations can get quite interesting. They, they want to know your football acumen. But they also want to know your background, where you come from, uh, why you got in the trouble you've been in, because they do research on you and they find out they find out whatever frat fights you was in in college, whoever you like, they they know. So it's best to come in there and just be an open book, be honest, and let the chips fall where they may. So for you personally, did you get the feeling that every team that met with you or that you, that you talked to was really serious about drafting you or you think they were just doing their due diligence? I think a lot were doing their due, due diligence. Like I knew when I interviewed with Cleveland at number one, they wasn't picking me. <laughs> like I, wasn't, I wasn't naive to believe I was going to be the number one pick in the draft, but uh-huh. I, I, I thought I was good. But, you know, you, you're not crazy, but. It's 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 just interesting. It's it's a very difficult process to explain because you're being told not truths all the time, and you have to try to decipher through what you can, what part of that is acceptable, and what part you can get rid of. It's like a digestive system. What part you need, and what part is waste you got to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Who, who went number one in that draft? Courtney Brown. Okay. So, so I see a lot of times agents will tell a team not to interview or tell a player not to interview with the team. Like, so for your situation, Cleveland, number one, if you, you know, being honest with yourself, say, okay, I'm not going to be the number one pick. A lot of times the agent will say, you know, don't, we're not going to waste our time interviewing with them. So was there ever a time where you, you know, considered not talking to them or do you think considered the fact that maybe if they really want you but you're not the quote unquote number one pick would they trade back and still be able to get you later I interviewed everybody like they was going to pick me I wasn't I wanted to put my best foot forward I wasn't going to give no team no any reason to say anything about me you know once again back in those days coming from a small school they told you you had to do everything great else you know, anything could be held against you. So right. I wasn't I wasn't trying to give anybody anything to say about me. Right. Well, yeah. Did you have an idea that the Chiefs were really serious about drafting you or when did you have an idea about that? When they called me at the draft that morning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and here's the re- ironic thing. The Chiefs were my team at the senior bowl. So they coached me that entire week. Mm. So I got to know the whole I knew the whole coach the whole Chiefs coaching staff. The receiver okay. coach who coached me was my coach in the senior bowl that week. Like they coached me all week that week. And that's why I say that senior bowl, that process, you never know when you're going through that process by being open and with these who's really paying attention and who 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 gonna draft you, man. So Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I have heard that about um coaching staff that come to the senior bowl. Uh, a lot of times they've, they've already talked to those players that worked them out, so uh, they have a good feel for them. So during the interviewing process, because they, they get a limited amount of interviews that they can do, you know, they don't they don't bother talking to those players because they already have a good feel for them. So 
they probably already knew from day one that um that, that you were going to be their guy so mm-hmm. so that makes sense and, and so i guess that that shows to how important those senior bowls are and how it can affect your stock and um why it's very important for you know guys especially at the LCS level to um, to play in those senior bowl games so that they can go up against superior competition because they always try to say that that's a knock on FCS players. So as you mentioned, that's, that's very important. Well, I think that was very important. My ability to uh, I ended up starting my senior bowl, so my ability to go out there and show them that you know I belong was was very key in doing that process. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of piggyback off. Mike talking about the importance of those games. Do you think you still would have gone number one if you had not played in the senior bowl? Just how important was that no, to your stock? I don't think there's no way I'd go in the first round without the senior bowl. Hmm. Because that was the they like that was the that was the thing. They always question your level of competition. So to okay. go out there at the senior bowl, and that was the only knock they had on me. Like my film said I could play, but who I was playing against. So to go out there and do it that week and be pretty good that week, it was it was mm-hmm. like my agent when I left that 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 Friday practice before the game, he was like, Well that's it. Wow. He called me and said, hey, that's it. You done. You wow. You're gonna be in the first round now. It's guaranteed. Wow. I was like, well, okay. That's when, <laughs> that's when I went and got my bins. <laughs> hey, I remember seeing it. I, yeah, yep, I remember that. I, yep, I, 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 I said, oh, okay. He came up. Yeah, I said, okay, you said sufficient. Like, I trust you. I'm going to go get this car now. Don't be making me look bad. <laughs> you don't want to have to take it back. <laughs> yeah, Because, you know, that was the thing back then, man. They mess with everybody. If you got a car and had to take it back, boy, oh, man. they was tough in Jackson, boy. They was corny, man. Oh, yeah. They yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Jackson's a fishbowl, so everybody's watching. So yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. seeing you and guys, Rashad Anderson, you know, mm-hmm. guys like Deuce McAllis and Fred Smoot come up on the yard, and, you know, everybody noticed it. So all lives are always on you guys. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been – um. <laughs> yeah, it would have been rough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, 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 they would have gave you a hard time about that. I want to switch gears a little bit as far as the scouting process. You know, I've been following the draft for uh, a number of years now. And I've noticed two types of scouts when it comes to my observation of the NFL draft. Uh, you have some scouts who tend to just uh, trust the tape. They let a player's game carry the most weight. They look at what they do on film, their tendencies, and they kind of make their evaluation of a player from that. And then you have some other scouts who – they're they're come by guys. They're number guys. They want to look at your you know your um, your three cone, your forty times, and uh, it, that's what they kind of make their decisions in terms of who they think would be a good fit for the team. Do you think either approach alone is wrong or right? Well, I think you have to take all into consideration. But people who put more emphasis on the combine, uh, that's kind of I think that's where the biggest mistakes are made. Um, when you reach out because a guy ran a great 40, but his tape show you no production, or you may have a guy who had production, but he has a bad 40 time and they slip, but they end up being players. Like those, those 40 times can be, uh, some people may run faster with pads on. Some may, people may run faster when they more focused or more zoned in with somebody chasing them. It's it's a lot of different things going to speed. That's just not like track speed when you're playing football. 
I definitely agree with that. Yeah, anybody could get out there and run a four three forty the first couple of times, but can you do that in the fourth quarter? You know. Yep. What's your tape say? Even though right. you can run a four three forty, I know it was. It, it was guy. I don't like to say guy's name, but I played with a track guy named John Capel when I was in Kansas City. He was one of the fastest people in the world. Was almost I think tried out for the Olympics that year. Mm-hmm. No matter how fast you is, if your technique, and I know you just running deep, you can't run by me. We all can run. Mm-hmm. When a, a guy running a four three and a guy running a four four, if that guy got a head start who running that four four, he could keep up with that guy with that four three. Right. So it's a lot of technique involved in that. Jerry Rice was never the fastest, but you never seen him caught from behind. Right. Good point. Nope. So let's fast forward. Okay, you're drafted now, uh, headed to Kansas City. What changes for you almost immediately, well, like in your professional life as well as your personal life? What was that uh, adjustment and that quick turnaround like? Uh, professionally, it was just the the speed of the game. Everybody is definitely faster. Like right? everybody is fast in the NFL. There's no. Everybody is one of the fastest guys at their position. So it becomes less about speed and more about technique and what you could do. So that was a, a big adjustment, learning to rely on technique and not you, you're just not going to run by everybody. It's not college anymore. Mm-hmm. And personally, man, it was great to be able to do whatever you wanted to do, have fun with your friends and mm-hmm. Get nice things, you know. You coming out of New Orleans, I, I was able to buy a house with my mom and daddy, get my brother a car. I was able I remember to that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, was, it was awesome, man. Like to be able to take care of your family, and my parents still have the house we have we bought for them back then. Wow. So, yeah, That's it's awesome. awesome. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. A, you get to change your family life, man, and that's something never be forgotten. Mm-hmm. That's what you work for. Right. All right. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Now, back to the to the professional side of those changes. After you get drafted, um, I imagine at some point the teams are gonna give you a playbook and a and a conditioning regimen. When did they give that to you and did you was it overwhelming for you? Um, you get your playbook that first time you show up to camp and the playbook was Definitely interesting. I wouldn't say overwhelming, but man, I was like, okay, I really have to study this. It's not like you're going to learn this in one meeting. You got to learn this. You got to go home and, and read this stuff. So it's 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 definitely unique going from a college offense. In that time, we were uh, a no-huddle offense, so I knew every play, you know, back and forth. This they gave us a hundred and some plays for minicamp. I was like, okay. <laughs> so this is a light install. All right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of minicamp, I know you, you, you get to minicamp and uh, there are a bunch of guys trying out. You have veteran wide receivers who are kind of on the brink. You come in as a first round pick. You have undrafted free agents that, that are coming in. With that being said, was there any camaraderie in the position rooms? Um, during those camps, doing those workouts, was it awkward being in the room where other guys know that you're there to take their job, or, or was it just healthy competition that you guys all kind of got along? Well, in the rookie mini camp, it's um, 
it's everybody in there trying to compete because we none of us know what we're doing. None of us were got any kind of veteran leadership. And you know, we all rookies, so that was fun. But you get to like, well, once again, my experience was different. I was a holdout, so I didn't go to training camp. I held out for the first. I held out past the first preseason game. I didn't sign until like two days for the. A uh, second preseason game, and they were breaking camp, so I didn't have to really go through camp or any of that. But I never forget this: when I signed that first practice, I came out there, man. That first one-on-one, James Hastings. I went to come out. <laughs> <laughs> James Hastings. He he he. When I walked to the line, he called the DB off the field. He was mm. like, "Nah, you out," and he lined up. And he just mumbled, you bet not move back. And he lined up, he clearly lined up offside. And he clearly <laughs> was trying to, like, this was his thing. He was going to do you when you a rookie. Uh-huh. So to go against him that first one-on-one and to be able to get a release and he didn't run me off the field on the sidelines, I think he was like, all right, we're going to have, he ain't, he ain't trash. So. Right. Right. <laughs> But I'll never forget that as long as I live, man. James Hasty tried to get me mm-hmm. first day in practice. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey, Ken, I want to ask you about a couple guys on the team. Uh, you know these guys very well from your hometown. You work out with them. They work out with you, rather. <laughs> How special is it to see those guys, of course, Warren Newman and C.J. Holmes, get NFL looks? Of course, C.J. played in the postseason bowl, played well, as a matter of fact. And he has definitely caught some scouts' attention. And then Warren was recently invited to the Saints prospect day. So I know you're probably like a proud father looking at these guys, especially Man, considering so how happy. they started. Walk on. You know, I'm so happy for both of them. I, uh, I hang with them anytime I come to Jackson. Whenever they're in New Orleans, I try to hook up with them. I've been uh, hitting them on Instagram. When they go to work, I was letting them know, man, I'm watching y'all. Keep it up. But. Man, it's so great. I, I wish him the best. I'm praying for both of them. This would be a great day. It's a life-changing weekend coming up for him. so I'm, I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And another guy, uh, Keith Corbin, because specifically because he played or plays your position, he's on the NFL team's radar as well. And, you know, we used to be known as wide receiver you at Jackson State University. Yes, and I remember that. Absolutely. Every year. real to be a part of it, too. I know, right? It's like every <laughs> yeah. year our top – sometimes our top two receivers, NFL bound every single year. And even the, the very last player that we had get drafted was a wide receiver, Jamar Johnson. And we're, again, loaded at that position. How great would it be to see us get back to having that factory of wide receivers going to the league every year? Oh, I think I think we are well on our way uh, with with Corbin. I watched him this year. Uh, hopefully, he gets a good chance because he he came in and did a lot of great things. But that freshman, uh, Melika, Melika, hey man, he made me nervous a couple of times. This year. <laughs> I was like, hey, bro, what you trying to do? <laughs> Come for the record book. The, hey, you can't put me out the books as a freshman, man. Good lord. <laughs> At least wait till your junior year to get me. <laughs> Goodness gracious. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, the the talent, the talent at the receiver position, and the young freshman. I haven't had a chance to see him. Uh, Kevin Coleman. Yeah, Kevin Coleman. I hope, hopefully, they let Travis play a little receiver because I've been watching. And that's what man, Travis. I watched him on uh on a practice in the spring. He reminds me of like when we played ball. Like if we, I'm going against you, man. I'm about to talk to you. I'm about mm-hmm. to do you dirty, and I want to embarrass you at practice. So next day you come back and want to embarrass me, and that's how you get better. Exactly. Like you can't be quiet out there, man. I'm trying to embarrass y'all while I'm out here. I'm trying to beat y'all down. So when I get in the dome, I can laugh at y'all at night. And you know the what? thing. The thing about that. He's a freshman. That makes it even more impressive. He's coming in talking to these upperclassmen. Not only is he a freshman, honestly, he's a high school senior <laughs> right yeah, now. He's, he's still, still a high school senior. senior. He enrolled early. That's the beauty of it, but that that's the kind of spirit. And I used to tell him, I was like, man, when I went to TC, I used to like, I was telling TC, I was like, man, y'all went to one-on-ones and I didn't hear not one person say, oh, y'all coming. Like, it was just like, Man, no, y'all supposed to be like, come and get it. I'm about to dog y'all. Man, I used to couldn't wait to see them boys come over there one-on-one. Like, man, y'all about to come over. Y'all come over here to get embarrassed. That's what we do. Like, that, that's the whole point of it. Iron shoving iron. If y'all not exactly. trying to make each other yeah. better, then what y'all out here for? Yeah, it's interesting you said that because I remember um, during the 2000 draft, it was all surreal, you know, being in the calf. And then watching ESPN on the monitors, and you see me a Kuiper up there, and they're talking about the best players, and they say Sylvester Morris. Then I look over to the side and see you eating breakfast. I'm like, wow. <laughs> but <laughs> but I remember one of the things that that he said was um, one thing that the scouts liked about about the both of you, about you and, and Rashad Anderson is that you all lined up against each other and practice every day. So every day you, you all were playing against first round talent, not just on game days. And um, I think that boosted uh, the stock for both of you guys. So, like you said, iron sharpens iron, and it paid off well for the both of you. It definitely did. I tell you a short story. Wild man moved the corner that spring I seen the year. Mm-hmm. And that's – we call him wild man. I'm always calling that. But, uh, <laughs> man, he moved – I was killing that practice. They moved wild man the corner, and I – I, truth be told, he shut me down for about two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. And he, they were walking through the dorms at night just saying, wow, man, wow, man. Like, they, they, they were really getting on me. But that, scene, that that spring game, we done had a couple of weeks of practice, and the lights came on. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, wow. Hey, I got to say I walked through the dorm that night and I ain't had to hear that song no more. <laughs> wild man, wild man, my boy, but hey, y'all gonna stop singing to me. Shut it down. That iron shop and iron, man. If you want it, they're gonna talk about you. If you can't do it, you either gotta do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's great to see us getting back to that that culture of competition uh within yeah. the locker room. I love it. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, this is a conversation I'm looking forward to having every single year now going forward with this influx of talent. NFL draft as it relates to Jackson State. Who's going to get drafted? How high? First round. I love having these discussions. So uh, we'll be, obviously, we'll all be checking it out and and rooting our guys on and and hoping and wishing and praying for the best for them. And, uh, you know, for all of those players who are listening now, uh, just keep working hard, keep grinding. And and for those of you who don't get drafted and and uh, Kat, if you could just share a message to those who are expecting to get drafted and you know those who don't get drafted 
just to steal the chances that they'll have going in as a free agent because I'm pretty sure you've played with and against a lot of undrafted players who went on to do great things. So if you can yeah. just share a message with them as far as don't be discouraged or disappointed if you don't hear your name get called. Don't be discouraged because all, all you want is the opportunity. I played with a guy named Priest Holmes. Priest mm-hmm. Holmes was Priest never, dra- Priest Holmes wow. never drafted. Did not wow. get drafted. Got a chance with the Ravens. Then they drafted Jamal Lewis, came to Kansas City, and he grinded, never stopped working. And you see what happened, 30 yeah. touchdowns, mm-hmm. 1,500 yards. The grind never stopped. It's, you just got to keep pushing, keep pushing. Hey, if you got to start on special teams, you start on special teams. Mm-hmm. Make the team on special teams. That's a team. It's offense, defense, and special teams. That count. You are like, get get on the team. You never know. I have never been on a team where nobody got hurt throughout the entire mm-hmm. I have never seen a football season where nobody gets hurt. That means you're going to get an opportunity. You just want to be on the team. Get on the team. Right. It's the same if you look at a CJ and a Warren. We talked about them earlier, but two guys who were walk-ons. So it's the same. Started out as a walk-on, having to pay their way, worked hard, continued to grind, obviously ultimately rewarded scholarships, but went on to be all swag players and now, you know, pro prospects. So it's the same thing on the next level as far as not getting drafted. It's like being a walk-on, especially once you get invited to camp. So good luck to all the guys. Cat, hey, we appreciate it. I told you when you came on first, we got to have you back on. So whenever you want to join us, you know how to find me. I can't wait. And uh, I look forward to pretty soon not being the last former first-round pick from Jackson State because I see the talent coming down. Y'all keep it up uh, always. No doubt. Mike B., until next time, brother. For sure. I enjoyed it. Always a pleasure. And that'll do it for Episode 234 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcasts and Spotify listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag I Believe. Hashtag The I Love.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.